Henry Horner and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today in Matthew chapter 27, moving on to verses 33 through 36. In these verses, Matthew begins his account of the crucifixion of Jesus. After the beating that Jesus received from the Roman soldiers, he was too weak to carry the beam of the cross, often weighing 30 to 40 pounds, to the place of crucifixion. Men condemned to death were usually forced to carry the beam of the cross. Jesus had started out by carrying his, see John 19:17, but had been so weakened by the flogging that Simon was pressed into service. Now that brings us to verses 33 through 36 and Matthew writes, Then they went out to the area known as Golgotha, that is, Skull Hill, where the soldiers gave him drugged wine to drink. But when he had tasted it, he refused. After the crucifixion, the soldiers threw dice to divide up his clothing among themselves. Then they sat around and watched him as he hung there. Even the drink that Jesus was offered by the soldiers was a fulfillment of Scripture. David writes in Psalm 69:21, They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. Tradition says that the women of Jerusalem customarily furnished this pain-killing narcotic to prisoners who were crucified. Jesus, of course, refused to drink it because he wanted to be fully conscious until his death. 
Now, here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. Pilate, the prefect of Judea, just to please the people, had given orders for Jesus Christ to be flogged and crucified. It was early Friday morning. After mocking Jesus, the soldiers led the procession to the site of the crucifixion. Jesus carried the crossbar of his cross, perhaps until the city limits. He was too weak to carry it any further. So an observer, Simon from Cyrene, was forced to carry it. Then they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered him wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. Matthew 27, 33-36 I have come to the study of the crucifixion of our Lord with mixed and conflicting emotions. This is where sin shows up at its worst. But it is also where the love of God shows up at its best. Man was doing his worst, but God was doing his best. This really is the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh HaKodeshim of the Christian faith. It's very difficult to describe the emotions I experience when talking about Jesus in Gethsemane and Calvary. It's impossible not to be deeply moved. For several programs already, I have felt a certain amount of fear and trembling, awe and wonder in the face of this greatest event in all history. I sincerely hope that every listener will be impacted by it as I have been. Matthew leaves out many details which the other writers of the gospel supply, but the essentials are there. From the Praetorium, perhaps at the Tower of Antonia, they led Jesus outside the city, and there they crucified him. I want to focus once more today on the intense physical suffering of Jesus. While it's not the intensity of the suffering that saves, an understanding of it will help us to appreciate what Jesus had to experience in preparation for his death to save humankind. I read an article some time ago written by a medical doctor. He began with Jesus' experience in Gethsemane, where his sweat was mixed with blood. Only Luke, the doctor, mentions this medical detail. Under extreme emotional stress, tiny blood vessels in the sweat glands may break and bleed. Thus, the sweat is mixed with blood. After Gethsemane, when Jesus was brought before Caiaphas, the soldiers struck Jesus in the face for remaining silent when the high priest questioned him. They placed a blindfold on him, and as they spit on him, they mocked and taunted him, challenging him to identify who hit him. By early in the morning, Jesus was battered, dehydrated, and exhausted. In that condition, he was taken before Pilate the Roman civil ruler of Judea, then to Herod and back to Pilate. 
Here Barabbas was released, and Jesus was again flogged or scourged. He was stripped, and his hands were tied above his head. He was fastened to a pole, and further beaten with a short whip made of leather thongs with pieces of bone or metal woven into it. The Romans had no limit to the number of lashes, as did the Jews. It didn't take long for the shoulders, back, and legs to be lacerated and torn. At first, blood oozed out, but soon it spurted out as deeper vessels were laid bare and broken. The skin and the flesh of the back was torn to shreds and soon became a mass of torn and bloody tissue. Beating often continued until the victim was near death. In fact, sometimes the victim died because of the flogging. The soldiers finally stopped beating Jesus. They decided to joke some more with him. They placed around his shoulders the robe to give the appearance of royalty. They put a stick in his hand, simulating a royal scepter. Now a king needed a crown. The closest available material were the branches of a thorn bush. The soldiers wove a crown and crowned Jesus with it. They took the stick and beat him over the head with it, driving the thorns into his scalp. Bleeding must have been copious. After a time, they tore off the robe, more bleeding and pain. His garments were returned and placed on him, and the journey to the site of the execution began. The weight of the crossbar across Jesus' shoulders, although not very heavy for a healthy man, was too heavy for half-fainting Jesus. The loss of blood and the shock had taken its toll on his strength. Jesus falls, rises, and falls again. The centurion in charge, anxious to get to the crucifixion site, selects a man from Cyrene to carry the beam the rest of the way. At the site, Jesus is again stripped, except perhaps for a loincloth. He is offered a mild analgesic of wine mixed with myrrh. He refuses it. He is laid down face up with a crossbar under his shoulders. A legionnaire finds the soft depression on the wrist and drives a nail through it into the wood underneath. He does the same with the other wrist. He is hoisted up along the pole already placed into the ground. His feet are nailed either to a block of wood or to the pole itself, and there he hangs. To breathe he must raise himself with his knees. The muscles of the legs, arms, and shoulders begin to cramp until he is almost unable to push himself up to get even a short breath. He fights for breath. When the cramps subside for a moment, he raises himself enough to get a short breath. He speaks seven times. I'll focus on his words on a later program. Finally, the sack around the heart fills with serum, and the heart is compressed. David wrote about this in Psalm 22. He put it this way, All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. Psalm 22, 14 and 16. Finally, one legionnaire thrusts his spear into Jesus' side. 
and evidently pierces the sac and into the heart. The sac yields water or serum, and the heart blood. Blood and water flowed from his side. Jesus was already dead. Actually, I have recounted Jesus' experience mildly. We can't imagine the intense suffering of our Lord, but that was Friday, Sunday's coming, when that same Jesus was raised by God to life. More about that in the days ahead. On a later program, I want to read parts of Psalm 22, which so vividly describe the crucifixion. of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.